Hey guys, it's Kelly, and welcome back to the Unbroken Podcast. There's a few things that I wanted to talk about other than just the trial. So um, the updates from the trial, their like groundskeeper, I guess, uh, Butler, he... His name was Juan, and he testified today. He talked about how they never called him Juan. They called him John, that Epstein didn't really like to have people make eye contact with him. And in fact, people were ordered by Ghislaine not to make eye contact with him, that she would give him like a to-do list that had 58 items on it, and there was actually more that she wanted on that list that he said would be impossible to be done on a daily basis. So, oh, he also said some things that confirmed Jane Doe's story about the pool, the miners at the pool, and other graphic details. We'll just leave it at that. But it just kind of, I think, sets the tone to show exactly who these people think they are. They know that they're the most powerful. They think they're untouchable. And they essentially think that they run the world because they do. And, I mean, I experienced that myself a lot. Um, You know, I talked about the woman that while... Her, what I thought at the time was her husband assaulted me. I was forced to keep eye contact with her and I was not allowed to give eye contact to him. It just showed that she was the one with the power. And it's kind of like the whole dynamic also with my family. And I don't know if it's like a mafia mentality or what you exactly call it other than obviously being a psychopath or sociopath um but it's they lived this lavish lifestyle like they were the most important people in the world like they controlled everything and they did and it was the same thing with my parents I mean my father essentially felt like he was untouchable and in a lot of ways it was kind of true And not because he was more important than anybody else or he had some special status, but it was because of the blackmail tapes. And I'm sure that that played a part with Ghislaine and with um, Jeffrey Epstein. They probably felt that power and everything like that. Um, So today was a little hard for me to read the updates because it kind of testified or he testified to how they acted and it just like it was triggering because it was almost identical to how my parents acted which you know it's not uncommon to hear that you know there's a certain kind of person that does these kinds of things so obviously there's going to be similarities there The difference, I think, like with my personal experience with my parents is this is how they ran my entire family. And I'm not just talking about like my brothers. I'm talking about, you know, the entire family, like extended family, all the way into second cousins, great aunts and things like that. And it was, I mean, it was difficult to hear. 
and read about, but you know, my life was chaos a lot and I always, I didn't feel like I was more important than anyone else, but my parents definitely did. My father was always about quote unquote loyalty and it was like if he wasn't talking to someone, you weren't allowed to be talking to them. Like there was a period of time where I went back when I was still in contact with my younger brother that there was a rift with him and my parents because he was having contact with me. So it was very like, I mean, probably not real mafia, but you know, the kind you see in the movies. I mean, when I think of my dad, I, I don't know if anyone watches General Hospital, but I think of Sonny. Um, just that type of person, you know, like if you mess with him, you know, I don't even know, but it's just, that's how he is, you know? And when I had left and escaped and gone into the shelter, um, I remember my brother calling me and I had changed my number at this point, but my brother had it. And he said that I needed to call my father because he had something that, you know, he wanted to talk about. So I did, I did call and it was, um, he was attacking me verbally because I was talking to my aunt and I can remember saying like, you know, what what, what are you going to do? I'm not coming back. And, um, that's when like everything kind of blew up. I want to say it was like over the weekend that this phone call happens. But I mean, the first like week at the shelter, there was so much chaos and threats and, you know, just the pure, like, energy, I guess, of being there that the days kind of seemed to merge together in my memories. But it was within the first week that I was there. And he had said stuff like I had told you about this before. If you continue contact with her, you'd be dead to me, blah, 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 you know. So it was just like, whatever, dude. And I mean, I know he hated that because he didn't like that people like people that he could not control. Back in, I believe it was like 2008 is when I signed up for cosmetology school and I stopped at my parents' house to talk to them about it and to tell them, you know, that I had signed up. So, you know, this was, you know, the things that were going to change that the girls were going to go to daycare, school, whatever. And my father brought up that I was talking to that same aunt because I was talking to her at that time. And it was again, the same thing. Like you have to be loyal to me. This is, you know, not acceptable. None of what, like no one in my family is going to talk to this woman. And she was one of the ones that accused him. She had the restraining order against him. She was able to successfully, charge him with violation of the protection order and there was like just so much stuff and it's like even at that trial 
I was asked to go and I don't even think I testified or was even in the room, but I was demanded by my father to talk to my grandfather and see why he was arrested or something. God, the memory, it's just like, I don't realize how entirely fuzzy it was, but I do remember talking to my grandfather and asking him, you know, do you know what's going on? And he, oh, okay, you know what? It just clicked. It was, so he got arrested at the courthouse. So basically, you get a temporary restraining order, ex parte, which means the other person's not present. Then you go to court. This was when he was going to court to fight the restraining order. And I was supposed to testify. I I didn't want to, and I actually didn't have to, but... I asked my grandfather, and I remember, I believe that we were in an elevator and asked why he was being arrested, and he wouldn't tell me. So, um, I kind of, like, I went into the courtroom and, you know, was listening to everything and found out that my father had sent emails to my grandfather telling... (sighs) telling basically tell your daughter to drop this um talking about my dad's sister my aunt so my grandfather lied to me and I think that was like one of the like one of the things that put a rift between me and my grandparents is you know they did lie and they protected their daughters more than they protected anything related to my parents I tried to have a close relationship with them after it but it kind of just turned into like a phone call thing, just call in and check in every once in a while, but they passed away over a decade ago, so um, I never got the chance to really talk to them about any of this. I never got a chance to talk to anyone in my family about it because they, you know, like I've said before, they just don't. So it kind of, the testimony day just kind of brought that up and reminded me of that, and it just It feels like to me that that's the same way that they were. It was all about loyalty. They were the top of the food chain. Everybody else below them was just the peasants and had to do whatever they say. And if they stepped out of line, you know, that type of person. So the testimony today was pretty triggering for me. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. Another thing that I wanted to address and... You know, I had spoke about it, I believe, in my episode yesterday. I had done a duet with a wonderful woman on TikTok that she does a lot for survivors. Um, I actually was friends with her on my old accounts and found her recently again. Um, And she basically said exactly how I feel, you know, if... Like, don't come to my page or, you know, whatever, defending people that affiliated with Maxwell and Epstein. They were horrible people. And, you know, Bill Clinton was named, Donald Trump was named, Kevin Spacey, Chris Tucker, Senator Glenn, Senator Mitchell. Um, So just don't defend people. And obviously, nobody got that message, at least not anyone that was commenting on mine, because all they did was 
defend the people listed. The only people she listed in her video was the former presidents. So I woke up today to, I mean, dozens of more comments defending Trump. And a lot of the accounts, you know, I can tell that they're Trump supporters. And, you know, at one time I did support him, but there was a lot of red flags with him that got me to kind of turn away from him. And I'm still a conservative, but I just don't support Trump. I don't think he's a good guy. And it's seeming like he had more involvement or at least lied about his involvement with Epstein. And this is coming from direct testimony, sworn testimony under oath. So you really can take that at it a lot because it's punishable, you know, in a court of law. So, but the thing that I wanted to address, which like absolutely broke my heart. And I do have some friends that are, you know, what some people call liberals. And I just like, I'm, so, <laughs> I'm at a loss for words. Cause like it hurts. I mean, People will, were attacking me and they were saying some of the most disgusting, vile things about me. And it wasn't because I am a sex trafficking survivor. It wasn't because I was saying, you know, anything except for Trump was named. Don't defend them. If they were involved with people like Ghislaine and Jeffrey they deserve to be punished too if they knew what was going on essentially. But what breaks my heart is just like the way that people attacked me when they defended him and how they treated me. And I can only assume that they thought that I was a liberal. I mean, let's be honest. I have my hair colored blue, which I don't know why that's a uh, thing that they think is only with liberals. I'm just a hairdresser that can't really do hair. So I do my own and I like blue. Um, I've had it purple, green and pink and like, uh, like fire engine red too. So, but it's like, I noticed a lot of things first, the way that conservatives on TikTok treat liberals and it's disturbing and it's disgusting because I've always sat here and thought, you know, when I see the left attack the right, it's like, okay, you say you're the party of love, but you sure got a lot of hate. And I mean, I still see that and I still believe that, but seeing it come from conservatives, I didn't think that a lot of them were like that because the people in my circle they're definitely not. I mean, the people in my circle are all like shades of the political arena. You know, some are libertarian, some are the Green Party. So I didn't really personally experience that much, but it was just like, my God, like this is how they treat liberals. And they're treating me like this just because I'm a liberal. And then the comments, like the content of it is like, you know, Clinton this and Democrat this and Democrat, 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 Democrat. And it's like, 
if you think you're going to exploit sex trafficking as a way to bring down one of the political parties, you are on the wrong side of every single thing. You are wrong in so many different ways. I noticed it today when I was getting attacked as harshly as I was. But I also kind of thought about, you know, the liberal side does the same thing about Trump. And even though I disagree with Trump, I mean, he's still considered conservative to the liberals. But it just seems like, you know, there's this political battlefield right now. And they're using sex trafficking to try to take down the other side. And I've said it before, and I'll say it as many times as I need to. Politics has no place in sex trafficking because it doesn't matter what side you're on. It doesn't matter if it's a Republican or a Democrat. All are involved. All are potentially involved. I mean, and all that is really happening when you're bringing politics into it is you're creating noise and chaos that doesn't need to be there. And you're also exploiting survivors and victims and you're exploiting some of the most traumatic horrific things a person can go through and that's not right on any side I honestly I never thought that I would see it not from any side but I mean the conservative side really broke my heart because you know I sat down and like I said in another episode I really thought about all the big time conservative creators on TikTok that I thought I was friends with and none of them knew. Not a single one knew that I was a survivor of sex trafficking because they just don't care. They don't care about looking at other people's content. They don't care about getting to know people. They feel like they're celebrities over there on TikTok and it's like the bullying from adults. It's just it's horrible. And it's, I mean, kids are on that app. Kids see the adult videos. And I'm sure kids saw my video, which was PG and totally appropriate for a child to watch. But that means they saw the comments. If they clicked on the comments, they saw the vile, disgusting things that people said. And it's like, how are we going to fix this world how are we going to fix sex trafficking? How are we going to end child exploitation and all of this when we are the ones that are fighting on social media apps that are meant for children, that children are on, that we know children are on, and we're the ones that are being the bullies? And I don't know, it just hurts because... You know, I've obviously gotten into arguments with people on uh, on social media platforms and I kind of regret it, like, just sitting here thinking about, okay, well, who actually did read my comments? Because these are public. So I'm not the only one reading it. The person that I'm talking to isn't the only one reading it. And I mean, exactly how much did I make sure that it was kid-friendly? And the answer is most of the times they didn't and I was too heated. So... We want to protect our kids. Everyone wants to protect their kids. And you have all these movements that just kind of surfaced. You know, the save the children, save our children, protect the children, all of that. But it's like, 
How are you doing that if you're bullying people on an app where these kids can see it? Because number one, it exposes them. And number two, it shows them and teaches them that this is how adults behave. I mean, I had to learn how to be an adult when I became an adult by other people. And it's like, I had to learn what was not normal. And most of it I learned from my husband. And God, I can't remember what he said to me. He learned someday from me something wasn't normal. And I was like, wow, it was like the awesomest thing. But, you know, having somebody learn normal from me, (laughs) my husband's a great man. But it's just like, so if we want to end child sex trafficking, like I said, it doesn't end at the last sale. It doesn't start there either. It starts before. So I have an account where it's known that I'm a survivor of sex trafficking And on my Instagram account, I've had kids reach out to me for help and I've sent them in the right direction or made calls for them to the authorities. So I use my account on TikTok and I'm not shy about the things that I went through because I hope that somebody that needs to see it does. And that's why I share my story. It's the same thing here with my podcast. That's why I link all my social media in every single episode. So if anyone needs the help and wants the help and I can help them, they have a way to reach me. So we have social media platforms where kids are being targeted by predators. We also have on that same platform adults bullying other adults. We also have adults fighting back and forth on If it's more important that Donald Trump get arrested or Bill Clinton get arrested or this guy or that guy, we have sexually inappropriate material. We have all this stuff that we are essentially teaching the other kids is acceptable behavior. And you know what? It's not. So this is just something that I thought I wanted to address. I definitely wanted to address, but I thought was good to address because... If we're going to end sex trafficking, we have to end the bullying too because kids have to have their safe place. And when adults keep on invading their safe spaces, then they have nowhere to go. And I was sex trafficked back mostly in the 80s and 90s. So there wasn't social media then and there was no escape. And there was no place where I could reach out to other people. It had to be somebody that I knew. Right now, we have tools where kids can reach people from all over the world if they wanted to. And we're fucking it up. I mean, excuse my French, but we are fucking it up for these kids. Because their safe space is social media right now. It's how they can escape the horrible things that are happening to them at home, if it is. Or the horrible things that are happening to them at school, if it is. And now they go to social media and they have to watch grown adults act worse than children. So I'm going to add that to my list of things that we can add to sex trafficking awareness. Stop being douchebags on the internet. Stop being bullies. Stop yelling at people. Stop arguing. Stop being mean. And... 
be more supportive to other people. If you don't like what someone has to say, you don't have to be nasty to them. Everyone has a right to their own opinions. And I know that people are kind of dehumanized when it is on social media because you don't see them as a person because most, a lot of people don't even have their real picture as their profile pic. But the children of tomorrow are seeing that. So stop doing it. Start treating people more kindly. And this way, children can have this amazing tool. I mean, social media is a cesspool for predators. I will not deny that. But it doesn't have to be only them that are targeting children. Because trust me, while us adults that aren't predators are sitting here arguing over things, the predators are taking advantage of that. So let's just put an end to it. Let's just stop fighting and let's try to do what's best for our kids. Because if we're going to protect them and we're going to end sex trafficking, we've got to do better than what we're doing. So that's all for tonight. And I might talk a little more in depth about all of that tomorrow. Like I said, I'm not really feeling too well and I want to just go crawl back in bed and go to sleep. So thanks for tuning in and all the continued love and support and I will talk to you guys tomorrow.